Welcome to season four of Exploring the Prophetic. We are on a journey of spiritual curiosity to see how God's voice can impact us and the world around us. I interview guests from every walk of life and background about how their relationship with God and hearing His voice has given them different opportunities and breakthrough experiences. This season, I'm also asking every guest how they got through a time when they thought they had heard from God or they received a prophetic word from someone else that didn't happen and how God helped them to resolve that. Come join our conversation on Exploring the Prophetic, starting now. Welcome to Exploring the Prophetic. In today's episode, we have Steve Chong. Him and his wife, Naomi, are leading a movement amongst Asians around the world. And they're prophetically being led to see something that I think is unique and is a divine setup for not only now, but for the coming move of God that's going to be a worldwide move of God all the way until Jesus returns. I'm so excited about Steve, when I met him, some things were synergizing around his life, especially he had just become charismatic. He just got filled with the spirit and he comes from a very reformed background. And so he, he ended up meeting all these major leaders in the body of Christ and they helped to just sew something into his spiritual identity that, that I've never seen someone get populated with so much faith so quickly in his movement to be able to bring something else than he'd ever done before. And they are blowing up. They have so much multiplication happening, especially in Southeast Asia and they're in Australia, but all over the world. And so you're going to want to hear this, whether or not you're Asian, it doesn't matter. You're going to hear about God building a movement and God building a man. And it's so exciting. So with no further ado, let's get into our interview with Steve Chung. Hi, this is Shannon from the Bulls team. I want to tell you about an exciting offer for our brand new book, Wired to Hear, written by Sean Bowles and Bob Hassan. It's about connecting God's voice to your life, influence, and career. If you work for a living or run your own business, and you desire to hear God's voice for yourself in the workplace, this is the book for you. Right now, you can pre-order Wired to Hear through BowlesMinistries.com. You'll receive a signed copy a submission for a free grant, and many other exclusive offers only available through bowlsministries.com. Grab your copy today. Welcome to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast, and I'm so glad to introduce Steve Chong. Steve in Australia, how are you doing? I'm doing so well, Sean. So glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Love I know. I, I feel like we were together just like a week ago, but oh it's been God. over a year and a half because of the lockdown and everything else. But I'm so glad to see your face. I'm so glad for our audience to hear what God's doing in your part of the world and what you're working on. So we're going to get into that some because I've already introduced the rice movement a little bit. But I want to talk about like, how did you get involved and, and spend your life or aim your life at the issue of Asians getting empowered in their faith, especially for evangelism, but even beyond? How did that happen? Yeah, no, for sure. Thanks, Sean. You know, like for me, it was, I, I stumbled into it actually, you know, I, it was an accident. Even, even, I mean, people might be out there thinking, man, how you've got a, a largely Asian movement and it's called rice. You can't even do that. It's got to be illegal. Like you can't know, it It's movement. almost racist. It's almost racist. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But it's right. not. Rice, did you say racist or racist? Anyway, so, <laughs> so, so, so you know, we, oh, no. you can't do that. And the funny thing was we named it rice as a joke. It wasn't meant to last. We did it in the first meeting ever, and what happened was um, we happened to be we happened to be a bunch of Asian youth groups getting together back in two thousand and two, uh, and um, you know in my heart was it was was catalyzing people for evangelism, and so what we did was we were in that in that um, room we did that first night we had a hundred kids uh, and about twenty or so became Christian we're like man this is the thing uh, so we had this late night meeting where we were like. Uh, 
you know, one of those, you know, you know, Sean, those meetings that like you shouldn't have them at one o'clock in the morning, but you have them. Those ones. <laughs> yes, I know those meetings. Those meetings. Like once you and I had one of those meetings in a hotel room, I'm pretty sure you arrived at about midnight and we left at about three o'clock. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We have I'm those sure. meetings. That was That's crazy. when you make great decisions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We do, like, though. It's, yeah. it's the spiritual side when your brain's kind of dumb and then God can show up. <laughs> well, it, you know, what's so funny is I actually think, um, you know, even though we're joking about it, sometimes that just happens because sometimes the brain does get in the way, right? Because, you know, I, I was yeah. at that stage, you know, we, we were a very conservative movement. Um, I was, I'd grown up all the way through a reformed, well, um, you know, kind of lens and I'd be always thinking through my brain first and then really didn't had no categories to think of the spirit, but actually our guards were down, which is probably now I think about it, maybe a, a space for the spirit to move. And what happened very quickly to answer your question is that um, in that room that night, we were like, well, we better give ourselves a name. What do we do? And someone said, look, Asians, we're into acronyms, so let's just get an acronym together. And so this is like one in the morning, stupid time to make decisions. And so we said, so someone said, well, evangelism has got to be the word. So there's E, uh, put E down. And then we said, look, we're not one church. We're not even a church. We're, we're a few churches, so let's call us interchurch. So we went, okay, done. We're going we're gonna to be ICE. We're going to be ICE. So we're going to call ourselves the ICE movement, and then the drug had just come out. So we were like, we're like, no, you, you, we can't. We, <laughs> We're like, we can't tell parents to send your youth to come and get some ice at the ice event. Like, we can't do that. Oh, my gosh. So, so, so then we're laughing, and then someone said, oh, we're all Asian. This would be really funny. Let's put an R in front of it. And we're like, what's the R stand for? And they said, nothing. It's just funny. So we just, <laughs> just call it rice because we all eat rice. And we're like, yeah, yeah, funny. We're not going to do that. So we just had a good laugh about that. And then there's this one guy in the room. And you know, some, you know how these Asians and then these quiet Asians, most Asians are quiet sometimes, not me, not me, but then these mega quiet Asians. There's this yes. one guy who is like literally the quietest Asian on earth. He, he never spoke. You just, he just doesn't speak. And he's <laughs> in the room. He just sits in the room in the corner, just listens. And then he suddenly shouts, guys, guys. <laughs> and I turn around and like, he speaks. And we're like, we're like, What's, what, why is he so excited? And you won't believe it. He goes, do you know what the Chinese character for rice is? And all of a sudden, none of us can even speak Chinese or write Chinese. You're the only one who can do that. What are you about? He's a real Chinese dude in the corner. So what it is, he gets a bit of paper out and he gets a pen and he goes, you're not going to believe this, guys. And he's talking, he's excited, and he draws, he draws the Chinese word for rice, which is a Jesus-shaped cross. Oh, with, wow. And then the stroke order is important. It's the first thing is you draw a Jesus-shaped cross, and then you draw two strokes that come towards the center of the cross, and then two strokes that come out from the cross. And he was like, that's the word for rice, which is that everything's coming towards Jesus, out away from Jesus. And we're like, well, it's on. <laughs> so we just went, we went with the logo. Is- so why is, that? why is that important to answer your question? How does that empower Asians? Well, back then, we didn't want to be Asian. We didn't plan to be. But then God gave us his name called Rice. We've got the symbol, and the whole thing was built around this logo. We didn't have anything for R forever, for like about seven years. We just called it Rice in the Church of Evangelism. And then until we met the Holy Spirit, and then we started getting excited by renewal and revival. So we, started, we added that in for the R. And wow. basically why that's important is this. I think God knew ahead of time who he was going to gather. And I think that's how it is with our plans. Sometimes we make plans, but God yeah. knew ahead that he's going to gather an army of Asians in the West coming to where towards Jesus, going out towards uh, the world. And um, now it's become a crazy thing that started, you know, 
19 years ago in 2002, whatever it was, and 18, 19 years ago. And, uh, and it's just grown, sure. It's grown and grown and grown from Sydney. Well, talk to- about like uh, some of the first couple of mile markers of the ministry growing and what it became because, and then what it is now, just so people can get, kind of get a grid for Steve Chong and what you built. You know, this is like, it's pretty amazing. Um, if you, if they hear that, if our listeners get to hear the heartbeat behind it and then also what it's become, because a lot of people are planting things and believing that God's leading them into things. But there, I mean, that 19 years before you became as successful as it is now where it's blowing up everywhere. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. Wow. So like at the start, we, you know, growing things is really funny. It's almost like, it's kind of like stumbling in the dark, knowing that someone's holding your hand the whole way, right? So it's just, yeah. it's funny, like, you know, in, in the scriptures when, when you know, God talks about one of our favorite verses to put, you know, on a, on, a, on a bookmark, on a Christian bookmark would be, you know, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. But, yeah. you know, we think, oh, wow, he's going to light this all up, the pathway. But actually, uh, you know, if, if, you, if you take that in context of, of the times, it, what, it wouldn't have been like street lamps, right? It, it would have been uh, someone holding a lamp, which would have shown you what? One meter, maybe two, you know, your yeah. next step. Yeah. So it's like, and, and that was enough for the, for, the, for the writer. It's like, you're always a lamp. You can show me the next step. I'll take it and then I'll see the next one. I'll take it and so then like let's symbol and that's what it's been like with the rice journey. It's like, hey, next step, okay, step. Oh, here we go, step. And so what really has happened is the Lord has blessed that um, because of a, a, a couple of reasons. But at least one one thing is that I, apart from the thing that I think he was raising up an Asian uh, movement. Uh, but my, you know, of course, all people are welcome to. By the way, just for the record, it's not, not only Asian. Sean, he's, but Sean's been made a, a honorary Asian, so you're ready. By several countries, I've been made an honorary Asian. There, there is, and we can say your name in a very, you know, we can be like, you can be Sean Bowles or you can be Sean Ball. Ball. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So, Sean Bolte. Yeah, that's good. Sean Bolte. <laughs> I like it. So, so, I get it all the time, believe yeah. me. Now I forgot the question. Oh, yeah, so we grew. So we're just taking a step at a time with Sean Bolte. I forgot about that. So so, so we, we're taking a step at a time and then, um, and the reason why is God also likes to bless, in my opinion, he really blesses uh, uh, unity and, mm. and evangelism, which come together. So John chapter 17, Jesus' prayer for the disciples is that they may be one so that the world may be one. It's actually my favorite scripture passage. That's my very favorite scripture passage in the Bible, so I love that. No, that's, that's actually my favorite. Is mine. Sean Bolsey. Yes. That's my favorite. That is my favorite <laughs> passage. That's the most commonly spoke passage about in my life. So Sean Bolsey, we have got the same, we've got the same thing. There. So yeah. And you guys start to draw people together from all different movements around. Was it mainly Australia at the time or were yeah, was it? it was beyond only, Australia? Not even just Australia. It was only Sydney at the time in okay. Australia. So, so that was, um, that was it. So we just, we, we just kept growing and then we just moved from like outgrow venues, outgrow venues before no longer in the, in the town hall in the middle of the city. Then we moved to the wow. big entertainment centers and, you know, we'd have thousands and thousands of young people with literally hundreds of thousands of young people coming to know Jesus over those years. So God it's because I honestly think that, that unity attracts the favor of the Lord to be totally yeah. frank. I, I think, and I think that's, I can, I can biblically justify that because, so I can't give you the Bible reference, but you know the one with how blessed it is when brothers and sisters dwell in unity. It's yeah. like the the Jew that uh, no no the oil for, dripping down Aaron's beard or something. And and in, in, you know <laughs> no I forgot you said it you murdered it so bad I can't even remember it. <laughs> I can't remember it. <laughs> you know, I know I know exactly what you're talking about. 
That, that's the one, right? That's why. And, and, and what it is is it's like it's because that that the attraction of the, that anointing oil that flows there, which represents the favor of the Lord, is attracted by is yeah. attracted to unity. So I think that's why God blessed it. And so we just continue to trust Him all the way, and just grew and grew and grew and grew, and then went crazy in different um, seasons and expanded at different rates. Always expanded at different rates, but the fastest rate by far was the last uh, four years. Yeah. Well, and a lot of that is kind of something happened in your own life with with the Holy Spirit when yep. some things accelerated for you. So can you talk about just the before and after moment of what God was doing in a few years ago? Hundred percent. So you know, for for me, um, you know, I'm 42 years old. Uh, I've got four kids. That's kind of where I'm at. And at this, I'm telling you that to explain the length of time. I would say 37 of those years for me. Uh, which is a big chunk of time, were really firmly built in uh, reformed conservative evangelicalism and a particularly conservative version of that in Australia. So I'm talking about like really very much so like kind of get in trouble if you raise your hands kind of zone. Kind of That's kind of where we're at, you know. Um, in terms of the spiritual gifts, uh, I would... I, I mean, I was, a, I was definitely effectively a cessationist, but... I was, if I was open to it as a possibility, it would be, you know, not in practice, that's for sure. But so, 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 um, probably a cessationist, to be honest. They probably didn't really believe they exist. So that was me for my whole life. So this is relatively recent. Yeah. And then things got a little bit, it's just, God, you know, it's really funny. You can, you can go so far, link to your last question, you can go so far with your own skills and gifts. And, and sometimes it's quite far because those gifts are from the Lord, like, you know, like yeah. your own strength and work ethic and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we got pretty amazing. But it's been nothing like when the Holy Spirit turned up and met Naomi and I in power because, you see, you know, I've been coming out of a, a camp that would be, I guess, to, to generally call it, would be a word-based camp. Sure. But when the word and spirit collide, there is no stronger power or force on earth that happens when that happens because God is word and spirit. And the kind of sheer force, if you want to even think about it, is even in Genesis chapter 1, you've got the spirit there hovering over the waters and then God, what, speaks. And then what happens? Well, the world gets created. Like it's that kind of power. Like it's like when word and spirit collide and Jesus says worship and spirit and truth, when it's, it's all there. And so for me, um, there was like, it was like a missing piece. It wasn't like, it wasn't like my faith was dead or needed. No, you, you had strong faith. Yeah. I had strong faith. What was the actual encounter itself? What happened? Yeah. So basically um, a couple of things happened. Uh, 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 I'll, I'll put them over a bit. I won't worry about the time markers, but I'll tell you that, in that zone, a few significant things happened. I went and preached at a conference in the UK. Uh, I never heard of this group. I got invited to speak at the conference. And they were a group that would, I mean, I, I don't like labels. I think labels are generally unhelpful, but I'll, I'll just use it once. It, they, they would call themselves Reformed Charismatics. Okay. And uh, when I went to speak, I didn't know that. Could, I mean, I'm like, that isn't that a, uh, those two words, I don't, how does that even work? <laughs> so, so they didn't go together. You know, but but I went and spoke at this this big tent about six thousand youth that were there in the middle of the in somewhere in the countryside of UK. And as I got there, I was so confused because the guys on the stage when I was listening to the first few sessions and stuff were literally quoting 
all the authors that are on my conservative Bible college set text list. And they talked about the Bible the same that I did. They cared about that exactly the same and could vigorously exegete the scriptures. And then would prophesy, someone would get up and speak in tongues with an interpreter, interpreter and people would be falling all down all over the place and healings were happening in the aisles. And I was just like, what? And you're a speaker. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, what? What? I, like the, the problem was that the two were together. You know, I, I, I just didn't even, it just didn't work. And I thought, man, there's something here. And I was standing on the side of stage and never met this person before. He comes, makes a beeline over to me and he says, look, I'm, excuse me, I, um, I'd like to uh, speak a word over you. I, I said, okay, what's your name? He said, my name's Julian Adams, who's been on the uh, podcast before. Was that right, yes, We love Julian and Katia. So Julian, who hadn't got with Katia at that stage, I don't think maybe he had, I don't know, but um, he then said, like, prophesy over me, and I thought, oh, here we go. Like, well, I don't even believe in this stuff, so, you know, here we go. And then he did something interesting. He's really into, you know, good protocols and whatnot like that. So he, he said, which we should be, I think, with the prophetic, and then he says, he says, um, look, I'm just going to bring a couple of elders over just to, because you could see I was probably nervous about it, just to show you that I'm, I've got a few people. I'm like, wow. So he didn't want to just go wild. Then he said, look, do you have a recording device? I'm like, why? I just want you to record it so you know that if I get this wrong, then I'm wrong. I'm like, man, you're taking this real. This is, you've got seatbelts on. All right, well, let's, let's do this. So I get the recording out. And then he lays his hands on me and he starts prophesying over me. And I have never, I, there's no way he could know what he knew. Like, it's just, there are things that he was saying that were like, this is, it's impossible because nobody knows that. Or he'll say things that he'll prophesy, he'll prophesy over Naomi, my wife, and no one knows about that situation or that thing. So here's this random dude, and I'm just like, this is crazy. And, you know, I was ready for just some good encouraging words, stuff like, yeah, cool, got it here. But then he ended up doing these things. And then I was like, I was starting to cry, weep. And then, um, but then I tried to contain myself because it, what jolted me out of it was when he started moving to this really crazy specific word for the future. And I thought, ah, now I'm. Uh, to be totally honest, right, I was a bit rude in my head. I should have just been enjoying the presence of God. But I, at that point, I just went, when he did this next bit, I went, I've got him now. I honestly said, no, I've got him now. Because I went recording. Oh. And you know what he said? This, you, want, you want to talk about gutsy? Yeah. This is how specific he went. Your ministry is about to be featured on Australia's largest national television breakfast show, secular breakfast show. And, and, and I was like, well, I've never been on media. I have no connection with anyone in media, never been on TV. In, if you want to know about Australia, it's really secular compared, I mean, like compared to the States. Like you are not going to get anything Christian on any mainstream channel and anything, right, if, unless it's to hammer Christianity. And here he goes. And he's recorded that. I'm like, I mean, that's ridiculous. So I've got him, right? And he finished that. I thought, oh, there's not much I can do. Uh, uh, a few weeks later, I get home. And Sunrise Breakfast Show calls me. Oh, my gosh. And says, Steve, we want to feature your organization and call it ministry and, uh, because we're focusing on key leaders across the nation and we just um, um, you know, heard about you guys and we just want to do a feature. And I was just like, at that point, I mean, normally I would have just said no because I don't want to be on the media because I'm going to get crucified. But because of that word, I was like, yes. And wow. then I was like, Wow. And then I have to deal with the other problem, which is this stuff is real. So I'm like, oh my goodness, this is real, this prophetic thing. So 
I went back, looked at scripture and was like, I have read scripture for 37 years of my life with one lens and it's everywhere. So when yeah. I preached on 1 Corinthians 12 to 14, it helped me. When I preached on John chapter 14, 16, on the Holy Spirit, and then got really into it, understood it, that biblically it's there, not just there. In fact, you have to be, you have to do more biblical gymnastics, exegetical gymnastics to get out of it, to be totally honest, than to be in it. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. okay, here we go. It's on. And then crazy stuff happened in Taiwan, which I don't know if I've got time to tell you. So I love, I love this story because basically after that happened, and you know, I met you at one point, and within... 10 months of meeting you, you met almost everybody I've ever met who has any leadership in the body of Christ and more. And then some like you, God put you on a fast track really because he wasn't just building you and Naomi, but he was building this movement that went from Australia to all kinds of, I mean, to, to America, to the UK, to like just anywhere. And I mean, anywhere except for actual, most of the Asian countries, it was going to all the countries where Asians were. And you guys needed that empowerment to get the vision for how big this thing is about to explode. And, and I've been watching it for the last few years, just going, you guys, there's a, there's a catalytic anointing and you guys are incubating something in the nations for Asian people that I don't know a lot of other groups that are, and I'm sure there are, because God always raises things up in you know multiple areas, but there's something so unique on what he's doing through you guys. And so for me, I look at it and go, I think our listeners may not think of the fact because we have a lot of non-Asian listeners too. We have Asian listeners as well, but we don't think of the fact that one third of the world's population is Asian and that it's a Gentile army. And there's been prophecies since Amy Simmer Fearson's day, a hundred years ago, probably way beyond that, where they said there was going to be an invasion amongst Asian people to bring revival. And so there's, this has been a reoccurring theme over and over and over, at least in, you know, the North American prophetic voices have said this, an Asian invasion in a positive way, a positive light, even after, we went through our Okinawa, uh, Japan thing, um, which was so devastating, just the division, you know, when we went through that and, and Japanese people were being treated so terribly in America and this whole thing, there was prophets in that time that were prophesying, including the leader of Full Gospel Business Association, was prophesying that Asians would help lead one of the, the, the moves of God that would bring the return of Christ. So there's, there's these incredible prophetic words over Asia world. And yet there's not many people who've seen that and partnered to that. And a lot of times it gets um, marginalized that kind of, you know, and Asian people get marginalized. You know, you think of America right now with the black, white issues that are going on and we haven't even begun to address what happened to the Chinese Americans in LA, you know, like, we, like, and that is from the time we founded our city, like there's, that's not even on the grid of anybody to even deal with reconciliation. But, you know, so there's been like kind of a, a sense of sometimes overlooked, left behind these kinds of things, whether you deal with, you know, China or, or Taiwan or in India or whatever, it's just amazing. The underdog that's been present sometimes in the national issues, but God's going to use us and turn from the prophecies. God's going to use us and turn something and put authority on Asians in the world to bring the gospel in a way that's not been brought through any other group. So you guys are positioned for this and all the charismatic leaders who meet you that I know feel like you guys are one of the main catalysts of that or one of the main conduits of that from God. And they get excited when they meet you. What is that like for you? Is that, is that awkward? Is it awesome? Is it weird? Cause I mean, like literally I watched Bill Johnson or Heidi Baker or whoever, and they look at you and they're like, you're going to do this huge thing. And then you're like, okay, you know, like, what is this? When you hear these kinds of epic words and then you guys are looked at as one of the sources of where it can land. Tell me about that. Wow. 
And, you know, not to mention you, Sean, called us out in a stadium of 70,000 people having never met us before uh, by naming one of your three words of knowledge in that thing. And so that's how we got together as well. And so I think the Lord, I feel this sense of like, you know, God literally has brought all these resources, as you know, into, I, mean, I should call them people who are going to be like helping us along the way. Um, and we've got that wonderful base of the word stuff that we're still there, have there deep with us. We've been given this this great group of resources. And I, I mean, I laugh with Naomi and I say, she's, she's often like, why, why are we able to connect with like Sean Bowles? Like, why did Sean just take us to Israel? And I said, look, I'm just, I, don't, I just don't even know how to think about this anymore, except that God goes, looks at us and go, you Chongs and the rice movement, you're going to need a whole lot of help. If we're going to get you there in the next three years, you know, we're going to send you the A-team. We're sending you the, the charismatic Avengers to, to, to literally <laughs> sort you out. So I've got all of you guys. And so the truth is to answer that question is, Sean, is that I, I do feel the weight of it. Um, significant, significant words about how rice is going to be used to be that bridge between the East and the West. And I want to say to you, if you're listening today and you're not Asian, this is for you. And it's definitely if, you, if you're Asian as well. But like, um, you, don't, you don't have to be Asian to champion the Asian voice. Champion the Asian voice is a phrase that we love to throw around, but you don't need to be Sean champions the Asian voice. And even though his name is Sean Bozzi, but he's also, <laughs> he's also, but he also loves it because he he knows that God's going to do something. And in fact, even if we have thirty seconds at the end of this, I'd love to to jointly prophesy with Sean over over what's going to happen with the Asians as we move. Because I, I it, so because I think I think God is raising up this extraordinary army. For this moment, God is moving a, 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 the, the east and the west together, and we are seeing an uprising that is like never seen before in the history wow. of, of the church. You know, we, we, we've seen the superpower, if, you know, the superpowers of the world only move a few times. You know, the center of the used to be Europe, and then, it, then uh, you know, they, they, ran the, they ran the world for, I don't know, my history is terrible, but, you know. Give them, a, give them a thousand years or whatever. Then they move over, and they, 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 then America runs the world, right? And I'm not saying that America, God's done with America in any way, but hey, look at what's going on in the, the, the power balance. They, they say yeah. that whoever lives at the bridges are the ones who are going to, who can bridge those two, change the next, the next epoch. So it's like mm-hmm. you know, whoever were the founding fathers of America from Europe. They really had a big deal importance to what happens for the next epoch of history. So whoever now can bridge the east and the west as things move to the centerpiece there with China and the, the rise of the house church and all that stuff, it maybe opens up. And I know it's all clouded with a lot of politics and yucky stuff, but I'm just talking about spiritually here. What is the Lord doing? And what he's doing is he's opening it up. And whoever lives right now in that bridge gap are the ones who are going to see the change for the next not just, I'm not talking about generation, I'm talking about epoch of generations. Yeah. And I think yeah. God's doing that right now. So I think it's time. So I don't know, Sean, what's bubbling up in your spirit, but I, I feel like the Lord's um, going to use you, Sean. Oh, man, I didn't expect to do this on your, on your podcast, but I, I, I you know, here comes the, here comes the reform guy of 37 years about the prophecy. <laughs> but I, I, just, I just feel, you know, I, I, feel, I feel you, Sean, that, that the Lord really is going to use you as a, uh, it's almost like a, um, you know, uh, it's going to sound really racist, but an egg, you know, like the white on the outside, but yellow on the inside. And I just feel like there's a connection that God's going to use you to, to, to bring that, that connection, that Asian bridge, and you're going to help build it. I don't think you're necessarily going to lead the charge across, but you're going to build a bridge that allows these two coming together, even in the prophetic space. Where are the Asian prophets? You know, how come I don't see them all over the net? Uh, because there's a different style about that, but I think they're going to come, and I think you're going to open them up and 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 um, and bring them together. But I don't know what you're feeling, Sean, for for rice and for Asia and and and, and Asia's time right now. Well, I I know it's Asia's time right now, and it's obvious. And how everything's built. It's so interesting when Marvel 
added Claudia Kim, our friend, you, you know, your friends there too, um, a, an actor from South Korea to be in their Avengers movie. I think it was Avengers 2. Um, and it was one of my favorite moments because all of a sudden Marvel decided to change their film schedule to go to South Korea because they, they felt like they needed to include that voice. And when they did, the movie did, I think it did double finances in the Asian market than it did in the American market. It was like some crazy number. And they decided that they were going to, they, they were going to give Asians a voice on all of their movies from that point on, that they were going to start to include Asian people because they realized that they were now making movies for the globe, not just for the American white people, but for the globe. And they, and they had the pressure of that. And I heard from some of the executives behind the scenes and they were saying, we weren't doing this just to create more finances. Although of course money is a big deal, but we also wanted to create a global experience in our movies and our franchise of Marvel. When Disney, you know, like was behind all this, they said, we want this to feel like everyone's playing, everyone's included. And I feel like that to me was kind of a sign of the next move of God that God's raising up key Asian voices, men and women, and a lot of them are going to be young to be voices in what is happening on the globe. And we won't be able to not listen to all the voices because they're going to be in media. They're going to be in, in, in places of importance. They're going to be consulting presidents and prime ministers. They're going to be people who it's going to be hard not to look at and hard not to see. And so I feel like, you know, like what you said, for, for me, behind the scenes, I love to make room any way I can to lend any of the, which is small, but I mean, any authority I have or any connections or whatever, I like to do that. But I feel like the rice movement is going to do that on steroids. I feel like you guys are going to have so many uh, like Daniels and Josephs who may, they may not be the Kings of the mountain, but they're going to hold the hearts of Kings in their hand. And they're going to be able to help make room for whole people groups to be brought and preserved for their purpose. And I feel like God's, you know, shown me for a long time, your movement that people are going to start to realize how easy it is to connect that they don't have to live in the same city. The same, they may be in a state in America, or they might be in Africa as Asians. And they're going to say, they're going to hear the hope that's in your movement and feel like this is who I am. This is my tribe. And it's not going to be like a tribe of, you know, one dimensional people, but it's going to be so many types of people that you guys are going to have authority to speak into issues, whether it's relief in a country that goes through something really hard, or whether it's like Hong Kong, where they're in an identity crisis right now, or different places that you guys are going to prophetically be able to go in and do prayer strikes and prophetic messaging. And not just not just amongst the churches, but you're going to be behind the scenes in the marketplace and in politics. And I feel like God is about to give you guys um, pilot strategies that will carry on for like generations that they're pilot program type strategies. And so I feel like anyone who's listening, some of you are getting excited because you're like, I want that too in my ministry. I want that too in my world. Well, if, especially I know uh, rice isn't just for Asians, but it's predominantly Asian. So I want to encourage you if you're hearing this and you haven't felt really empowered, one of the things that Steve is really good at and his leadership team is helping you to find a place. They're, they're just the movement itself is inclusive. And some of you aren't in an inclusive city. Maybe you're somewhere where People disenfranchised. I know I've talked to many Asians around the world. Maybe it's an Asian from Korea and Singapore, and they don't feel their tribe there because they're in a different country and culture. And then they find you guys. And I feel like God's going to allow a big homecoming for people who are even listening to this and listening to other media that's going out on your guys' behalf because there's there's a collecting of people and then a, and then a deploying of people. And so I just really believe that you guys are in a collection period. So anyone who's listening, you might feel like, you know, I feel, I feel the, my, my heartstrings, that's my tribe, you know, and they're educated and they care about the world. They don't just care about the church and they care about evangelism and they care. I feel like some of you are going to hear this and say, that is my people. That's my people group. And the last thing I'll say about this is I feel like um, highly uh, educated people and people from like Ivy league type schools around the world. Like I'm seeing um, 
uh, like not just not just students, but professors are going to be attracted to what you guys are doing. And there's there's people who can shape the mind and the culture of education who are going to be attracted to what you guys are doing. And there's going to be some sort of effort in that. And so as you're listening, I just want to encourage you to pray for the Rice Movement and Steve and Naomi and all their team and believe with them uh, as they've been on this journey for so long. It's a seasoned journey that's coming into a place where I think the whole world's about to hear about you guys, the whole church world, for sure. It's kind of like what before and after Hillsong, it's like something happened that kind of shook all the churches up and caused churches to want more worship and more, more connection and more, you know, just all kinds of things. And they made, they made Christianity cool again. They really did. And I don't mean that in like a trendy way. I mean that in like a, people were proud of their Christianity because they felt like they were part of a movement that caused it to be so um, caused Christian themes to be so centralized to their identity versus uh, just something we do. And I feel like you guys are going to make being a Christian in Asian nations and in the Western world as Asian people, you're going to make it feel safe and cool and have esteem and have uh, importance and significance again that people are longing for. So wow. some of you are listening, pray for them for that. And I'm just so excited. How do people get a hold of you guys? How do people yeah. go on the journey with you? Yeah, no, we received that. Sean, thank you so much. And I, I love that you talk brief, talk about that whole gathering. They're kind of finding a place because, you know, I'm not sure you're familiar with the word diaspora, which is the, the scattering, the sending, and, and all the way through Scripture and God's plans for people. He's always worked with, with people, yeah. the diaspora, hasn't he? He's worked with or people yeah. who are not from their home in out sent away, whether it's Daniel in Babylon or, or whether it's Joseph in Egypt, you know, like they're, they're, they're not, you know, um, they're, they're, and I feel like that's what's happening. There's this Asian scattering. We're in every city. We're in every major city, and every you go to every um, you know uh, highly educated institution, and you're going to have a majority of Asians in the in the in the commerce, medical, faculty, law faculties, which are going to be the people who are running the cities. So the God's bringing that together and bring it uh, for one thing. Even with that rice logo to bring it back to the start, I feel like there's a gathering coming to work yeah, across and ascending. Yeah, which is powerful. And please yeah. come and join us in the journey. We'd love that. We're looking for um, supporters and partners financially, prayerfully, to get us into the other key cities in the West and then move us towards Asia. So we were looking for people who would network and be door openers for us into, into Los Angeles, Vancouver, North, uh, the Northern Hemisphere. We haven't touched Europe yet. And to try and work out how to open those doors. The way to do that is to probably, uh, and, and we need door openers into Asia. So if you've got a strong connection into I don't know, Malaysia or Indonesia or whatever, we want to hear from you to help us to move that way and, and live in the light of that prophetic destiny that Sean may have speak, Sean spoke about. The way to do that is to connect with us on Instagram, which is um, you know, at the Rice Movement. Uh, Instagram, that's what it is, and um, and also connect with me on Instagram, which is at steve.chong. Uh, and then obviously, obviously, we're on the web as well and, and a few other places, but we'd love to do that. Or just contact me directly, contact stevechong at gmail.com, and I'm ready. That's it. Well, thanks for sharing because I think a lot of people are listening. It's good for uh, them to see a model and a culture that may, they may not be a part of or for people who are a part of it, but they haven't felt like they haven't felt connected. It's just good for people to hear your journey because some people are ambitious and bringing the same kind of energy and the same kind of purpose for Jesus in their field. And then they hear you who's, you know, 17, 20 years in and they go, I want to do that too. I want to, you know, it helps them have endurance. And so thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for sharing the journey because it means a lot to our listeners and to me personally. It's been a pleasure, Sean Bolsey. And uh, you, you want to <laughs> remember you're one of us, mate. You're one of us. I'm one of you. I'll never take that for granted. <laughs> Bless you, man. Do you want to be mentored in hearing God's voice? It's not hard, but it takes time, examples, practice, and conversations to really get in the place of being able to get revelation and also to know how to interpret and reply what God's showing you. 
I have started an online community through our platform, Transcend God Mentoring, where you'll receive weekly videos, weekly live group mentoring, monthly special events, and all of our past e-courses on the gifts, marriage, and relevant topics to your spiritual journey. Come join me and all my platform contributors to learn how to walk out a thriving journey of hearing God. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic, part of the Exploring Series podcast. These podcasts are made possible by generous donations of listeners just like you. Become a partner or visit us at bullsministries.com with your one-time donation today. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast, please become a part of our family by subscribing. Connect to us at www.bullsministries.com where we want to resource you with our articles, books, weekly mentoring, e-courses, and more or download our Bulls app free at our web store. We love to hear your feedback. Drop us a line and also your rating, reviewing and sharing makes such a difference in the world for people learning about us. Thanks for listening.